You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. She's back. She's back. Oh, I have her mic turned off still. I turn your mic off because it picks up Rude. sounds. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. That's what you get. Calm down over there. That fucking hurts the ears, man. Sorry. hurt mine too. Episode 290. 290. Wow. Almost to 300. I got three months to go. Two and a half. Two and a half. We are actually booked that far out. I know. It's ridiculous. Um, if you want to be on the show. Be, yep. If you want to be on the show, it's uh, April now. Sometimes we have openings that happen. Things, things happen. Things happen, especially when you book that far out. <clears throat> People get busy and stuff, you know. So it's uh, it's a week before Christmas. Not the week of. It's the week, week before. before. I didn't realize Christmas was that quick. I know. Yeah. We have like 50 advent calendars in our house. Doesn't mean realize <laughs> Christmas is that fast. It just comes at you like super fast and... I mean, I'm not ill-prepared. Uh, I haven't wrapped a damn thing yet, but I've got it all. All of my stuff's wrapped. Yeah, well, I haven't wrapped anything. I've been really busy. All my stuff's under the tree. Oh. And it gets, or shipped to someone. It gets busier, it feels like, towards the end of the year for me, so. I'm not one of those people like, oh, it's pretty much dead at the end of the year. No, nah, it's like the opposite for no, me. No, my work has been incredibly crazy, but that's Jeff's fault. And we're, we're not really having a winter yet again. Oh, we got snow. We're going to get some more tonight and It tomorrow. was weathering out there. Was it not raining when it you guys Yeah, but weathering. The, the kind of weathering that stops my business is permafrost, and we haven't had that in probably five years. <clears throat> no, so that's good for you, though. So it's good, but no slowdown for me. No slow yeah. season. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it slowed down the finishing of 6200 under Bangor, I think, a little bit, but... Yeah. That's about it. Just that one. I think we've only got... I want to say I've only got three left... Three lots left that need a house on it. Oh. That whole subdivision will be done. Oh, in my neighborhood? No, the, the the one that we're working on just by the Olympic Oval. Yeah, that's what we're talking oh, about. Yeah, that's, Sorry. Yes. That's, it's our neighborhood. That's my neighborhood. You realize that, We can right? get to it from here, just without we're, ever going on a main street. We can do the side roads to get to it. So, yeah, there's... It's just, it's just out, and you go down, go around a park, and it's like right there. Three yeah. lots left, folks. If you're interested, there are only three lots left. Yeah, they're overpriced. I mean, they're priced at market value, probably. But they have little yards. How much are they selling those houses for? Starting around four fifty. Yeah, it's about right. Seems about right. Just understand, you're three blocks from Gang Central instead of ten. Like we are, so. <laughs> yeah, We're, but you back up onto the Olympic Oval, which means that's true. You're gonna have a nice, like, open area, and any and all fire trucks will be stolen from that area. No. And- no, the fire trucks don't go inland unless there's something going on. They stay on the periphery. That's why we get to experience them because we're up against 6,200. But you're closer to 5,400 in that neighborhood, in that part of the neighborhood, and that is that is stab that is Stabbingville. They are nice houses. Bill. I mean, they're they're yeah, they're really nice. They're on the smaller side, but I would imagine for 450, this but, house is worth 450. But they're. So. They're nice little family houses, little starter houses. Can you like okay? In what world the is the fact that a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house is a starter, starter house? Yeah, jinx. That was a really long sentence that we said the exact same words. Yeah, that's for. that's just mind boggling yep. to so me. So it's like, well, it's like the house I live in, the house you live in, the house I wanted to say all of our friends live in are starter houses. But the whole idea behind the starter house was 
late 70s, early 80s, the idea was this is a house that a newlywed can afford, live in for three or four or maybe five years, have their first set of kids, and then move up to like a real house. Up to a bigger house. Up to a real house. So, And this is what's called a track house. Yeah. Tracked. Track house. Tracked starter home. You run. Tracked. Which, to be honest, that, that subdivision... Is also uh, those are all track, track houses. Uh, it's just a different. It's not. It's not a 1970 to ni- mid 1990s tracked house like right. ours. So I mean, <laughs> they, are, like, they are nice houses. They are obviously brand I, new. How I don't know how there. you wanted to get into architecture because, as far as I can tell, and I've been to a lot of places, this tract of housing, these architectural designs, some dude. Designed the bulk of housing in most suburbs. Designed three houses, yeah, and then like, people just kind of like like. Well, I mean, there's two of them here and there. Amongst all the variations of like the placement of walls, I would say there's maybe a dozen variations of the exact same house. Yep. And that dude, whoever that was. Well, for instance, <clears throat> Jeremy, Vanita, and us all essentially live in the same house, but ours is the smallest, and then. I think that I think yours is next, and then I think Sean and Vanita because I think they have a bigger they have a full basement. basement, and they have like one more level down. <clears throat> they have like, a full basement. Yeah, weird. Yeah, but the, but I don't like that their bathroom is behind their laundry room instead of in front like yours is. Yeah. So, but yeah, all the same houses. But so. it's the exact like you. It's basically you walk so in. for the the mid two thousands. I'm that dude that designed all the houses, all the like big developments in yep, Salt Lake because they did the big one in Magna. They did this big one. So between the two, that's like seventy five homes that are all mine that are like. A variation of three plans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so someday it'll be who designed these? Yes, that was me. That was Jeremy. Um, <clears throat> not that I wouldn't love to do other things. Well, I do a ton of other things, you do but a bunch of other stuff. But that's just the way it goes with track. That's housing. when you want to put up a bunch of houses in a neighborhood, and that's how you that's how you build them f- for four fifty to five hundred. Now is now. is. Because back back then they weren't being built for that. No, ten years ago those homes would have been one eighty. Yeah. And that's yeah. I was gonna say ten years ago this house was two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's crazy how much how much the market's increased. Uh, you know, however, though there is a problem with this house now. We think we have a mouse singular. Uh, but I think it. I literally think it's one because I've only found two things. And you cats haven't. Hey, there, speaking, speaking of cats, like right on, right on demand. They Booney jumped, right jumped up. up on the. Yeah. So. So we but first she wants to be on the show. Bree first found, you know, in our in our uh, the cupboard by the, the the lazy Susan cupboard. Yes, there was a bag of flour sitting on the edge of it that looked like it had a chew hole in the bottom of it. And then, but nothing else touched. I couldn't really see droppings in there. So he was like convinced I'm that like, it was torn, maybe and it I'm got, like, like stuck no. on something and torn. She's like, no, it looks like chewing. Uh, and then Bree noticed the other day in the pantry. Um, there's a bag of shredded wheat that we give Chopper as part of his food. Oh, yeah. And it had a little teeny tiny hole clearly chewed into it. Like, it was not a, like, got caught and spilled out, and there was, like, crumbs all over it. And then when we pulled everything out, there were some droppings. Uh. But the... That stuff could have been there for three months. Sure. Because we don't, that bag doesn't move other than we reach in the top and grab stuff out. We don't ever take the bag out. Right. And the flour was the extra flour that we hadn't got into yet. And so, um, that stuff could have been there for a little while. Uh, but it's like very little droppings and those only, those two things. Like we went through everything and wiped everything down. I wonder if cats got them. 
If, if it, there was one in one of them. I mean, cats. it's possible. It's absolutely possible. Or at least scared it off. Right. It certainly doesn't feel like a colony because it wasn't. I mean, there was not. There was two things that have been gotten into. That we and found. I mean, we keep our. I mean, we th- keep things. And I don't know how they would have got in. But there's still like bags of stuff. Like there are bags of chips. And like there's cat food all over in the laundry room because they for some reason can't eat without spilling. The everywhere. only thing we could think is maybe it got in during the construction no, when maybe. stuff was exposed. When but that everything. was a year ago. So it could have been sitting like it maybe could have. Well, not the shredded. I don't wheat. think the shredded wheat in the, the flour. Shredded wheat is it's not more, a year old. more recent than that. I mean, I think it's still like probably three or four months old at this point. But like I, I just I, so anyway, we might we might still have a mouse. I don't know. Uh, I'm continuing to. Monitor I, I told for them signs. we should probably put some traps out just yeah. in case with like peanut butter or something. I think behind the sink. Anytime the we get them in the house, which is rare, but I'll put out a trap and within an hour or less, snap. So we don't have any problems catching them in the house. It's just the stupid rats out in there. I just wish our cats would like be no. And an- none of our animals have alerted. Like, ooh, problem. There's a problem. No, and Phoebe would definitely alert to it. So anyway, I thought I'd mention that because we live it's in pretty, the ghetto. Pretty much got on a mouse. the periphery. We I don't bring even know over, how we got it. We could bring over one of our rats to take care of your. No, mouse that's problem. okay. I'd no, rather have the mouse. I'd rather have the fucking mouse. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Those things are so freaking big. We get to uh, we get to go car shopping this weekend for Sean. Car shopping. So she's had Breeze car for almost two weeks now. Yeah, it's it, it. Normally, it wouldn't be a big deal, but because of the holidays, like I have to go into work on Thursday, and then I have to go into work again on Tuesday. And normally Thursday, Chris doesn't work in the office, but he's I have a he has meeting. to this week, and so I need a car. And then Tuesday normally wouldn't be as big of a deal, but. It's going to, I don't know. It doesn't matter the find, situation. I just hope we find something this weekend. When you don't have a car, you realize how much you do need it. And well, but it. we just don't, you, literally, we don't use two cars like 99% of the time these days. But every once in a while, we both have to be somewhere at the same time. And it's like, that's why we have the cars. So, so. Have you, you've started the shopping or you're going well, to? Well, we've just looked online so I've far. kind of been she, looking online. We she, had her apply for a loan so she could start getting some credit because she hasn't. She's always just lived in the dorms, and then she's just lived with her uh, former roommates. Like, the landlord was her grandma. I don't know how to tell everyone this. Where you live does not get you credit unless you own it. Period. End of subject. Well, if you're renting from an actual management company, they turn in stuff if you don't if you don't pay. Correct, but it does not earn you points on your credit for having it. Just hurts you. It just hurts you if you fuck up. So anyway, so (laughs) most things go. So anyway, she's she's applied and she's got she's got some stuff. She's got some paperwork. She's got to fill out, but she's got a a limit now that we know we can shoot for. So Chris started kind of looking around. I'd I'd rather keep her. In, in an SUV of some sort with her driving around up at the U and just, I just feel like you're a better driving. driver when you're taller, when you're up bigger, but <laughs> something that's smaller because that, the, the Nissan is really big and I think that that's part of her problem. But if she hits a tree or the, <sighs> the steel pole at the bank. Not or, if, not if. When? Because <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> One of the first times I let Maya drive my car. She drove it into the pole at the gas station yeah, Sean and drove took off car. all the fresh paint onto my car. <laughs> Sean drove her car into that pole. But Sean's just not a... 
Sean isn't a bad driver. She's just not confident. And in her hesitation, she makes mistakes. <laughs> that makes you a bad driver. She's a bad driver. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but like, a bad driver. she can, she can drive. She can do all of the things. She just hesitates. She's just yeah, like, that, oh, and hesitating makes you a bad driver. That's why I, I got yelled at in driver's ed. I have, I, I suspect that, uh, we would have complaints about pretty much everybody in this room. So, driving. so I, got, I know we do about Jeremy. He drives like grandpa. <laughs> I got to tell a little story though. So. Probably four, maybe five months ago, Juliana at Savers, and she finds this bag of hats. These little, these little no, 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 no. Let me, let me tell the story. <laughs> okay, you tell because you. this is the, so. <laughs> for the last couple of months, three, four, um, maybe five. I don't know. It's been a while. Well, it was weird because it started happening when we were watching my mom's dog. So the first ones that I found, I thought maybe they were from. Okay, her no one crafts. knows what you're talking about yet. So it's fine. We we've, we've been finding these little fucking hats everywhere. Looking, they're little straw like woven, woven hats, hats, like, like doll size. Yeah, like doll hats, basically, and all different sizes, by the way. Um, we. Then, no, because they stack really well. They're not They're different slightly sizes. different, some of them. I um, think it's probably just... You haven't just, found all them yet. Like, I think so. it's probably just crafty ones. I don't know. There's a bunch we've found. <laughs> so, so we keep finding them in the freezer, and then I, I was take say, them, did you find one in the deep freezer? And I take them out of the freezer, and then I'll find them in the freezer again, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And, like, they're in my liquor cabinet, and we're finding... Like, just, they're just all over the place. And so, finally, you know, we had... um the way the cats would play with them if they found them. Yeah, they'd be like in the middle of the damn floor because the cats would get a hold of them and like bat them around and shit. And <laughs> so we for had, the first little while, we thought it was like the same one. And we had a we had a, a get together over at our house. Um, in, for my birthday. Yeah, yeah, in early November for Bree's birthday. Uh, and the only thing I could figure is it was either the guys from gaming because they're here every week and have access to do fucked up shit like that. Or it was fucking Jeremy and Julia, or it was Sean, because Sean's been over to the house, and, and like, but I asked Sean, and Sean's like, no, it's a really good idea. I wish I would have thought about it. <laughs> so at the gathering at Bree's birthday, I'm like, which one of you motherfuckers, when everyone's in there, has been leaving these fucking hats everywhere around our house? And everyone's like, well, I wish I thought about that. And it was fucking Jeremy and Julia the whole goddamn time. <laughs> I don't know. I just found this pack of like so, 50 and hats. Here's, here's and how. Like, we gotta get it for something. Here's how I found out because Jeremy wouldn't cop to it in November. So for our ugly sweater <laughs> party, they put a hat on a stupid fucking tilapia. Taxidermy. Like a tiny tilapia that was taxidermy. Really bad taxidermy. Yeah. I mean, but it was tiny. Like, you, like, why would you, like, it probably wasn't even supposed to be a kept fish. It's so small. It's way too small to keep. This was just someone's school project some, or, or it was some little kid. It looks like the taxidermied it with Mod Podge, honestly. Yeah, it, it was it was not it was, great. Uh and and uh, it had that fucking sombrero on it, and that's a dead giveaway for these assholes. We have so many stuff. So yeah, I would sneak them so in, in my pocket. Were it savers whenever this was, and Julia's like, Oh look at this little bag of hats, and I'm like, oh, what are we gonna do with a little bag of hats? She's like, Let's hide them around Bree and Chris's house and see if they figure it out. I'm like Okay, so like, well, we knew it had to be probably you guys because the guys haven't been over gaming and we've been finding them since. And so I'm we like, we started hiding these months ago. So yeah, so we did probably each, June. We did. Each, well, I don't know if it was. No, no it was probably. I don't. It was later than More that. Like it was August. like pretty dang close it after was, I started. It was one of the times that we watched my mom's dog because that's when I found the first one, and I thought that. They had fallen out of her craft room, and I actually oh. there were like three. Because yeah, they're like, and I stacked them, and I was like, ah, oh, are these worth giving back to my mom? <laughs> and they sat there forever, and the cats kept getting into them, and finally, I just threw them away. 
And then we didn't find any for a really. And really I thought long for time. I thought for like Sean had a friend over like for a party <laughs> when she was house sitting for us at some point, and like they they were dicking around with them or something. So yeah, we'd come in and we'd each have one or two or three in our pockets. We just casually walk around the house. Or we'd and, go to the bathroom or during run, the podcast. Put them in the drawer. Yeah, it was anyway. Motherfuckers. Yeah, it was one of the days where you guys all got home late, so we went oh, yeah, to the garage. That we, that's when we started. That's when we had the bulk the of The one day the we let ourselves in. The you, shot, guys, you should check the shot glasses on the shelves. I'm sure they found those. Those are obvious. We don't really look Up at those. Up in the high decorative shelf? We, we had to use a chariot. Oh, I don't know. No, don't I really, haven't dusted up there in a while. I'm too We short. don't use those shot glasses. It was one there. of those days that we got here and you guys were r- running late, and so we let ourselves in. That's That was the first day. That we did it because we let ourselves in and Julie's like, oh, I'm going to go grab a bunch. So she came in with a handful. So we like went all around the house. Well, whatever that was, I think it might have been around when we watched my mom's dog. Because anyway. that's when I first noticed them. So. But I've, I would like <laughs> sweep them up. I'm like, where did this come from? Because I, I think the cats would find them. The weird thing is like we found them at Savers in a bag of like 200. It's, it, they're so random. It's, for like three bucks. Of course. Everything's like three well, bucks. Well, it's because Savers. it's like for some craft project, right? You just got to wonder where those came from. A craft, some craft person. In the first place. But anyway. Yeah. Michaels. Mexico. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they're probably made in China. One of the stores at the uh, Valley Fair Mall. Probably made in China. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it was, it was from Peace Goods when Peace Goods was still around. It's from the dollar store. So along with that, we'll do a quick a quick follow up on our ugly sweater party because we talked about it last week on the podcast. On the podcast, the podcast. So we had a good time. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I figured out one of the keys to winning the ugly oh, sweater yes. competition for party host, and I'm glad it was either you guys or us um, because I think we we host the best parties. I agree. Uh, but uh, I, one of the, the you know, keys. Some of our friends listen to this. That's not very nice. It's okay. We 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 host the best. I think a lot of them are out of their element. Like I love John and Jody, but they're out of their element yeah. hosting sixteen people for an event. It was so funny. It we was got so there fun, and she though. was like cleaning and stuff and I'm like It was no, it was fun, but you can tell those of us that host a lot and those that don't. Yeah. And uh anyway, so so it Brie turned and I, out really good I though. That was fun. It was great. Yeah, Bree and I both took three votes on the sweater. And then Heather got four, which means you guys host. And so I've come to the conclusion that one of us just has to be fucking worthless when it comes to the sweater. And I actually thought Not I wasn't worthless, trying. Worthless, but just like... Like, I thought I wasn't trying, but apparently everyone loved the beard beads. Heather's was good this year. She did. It was great. She did. And it was so funny because we got there and, and we're watching the... Uh, Christmas vacation, and so her sweater, she made it. It's the fried cat, the electrocuted cat, the electrocuted who, like, bit cat on the on the, the back Christmas lights. Yeah, it was so clever that I voted for her instead of my wife, which is yep. why she, which won. is why she won. You were you were the one that, that tipped <laughs> the yep. ballot. I was the winning vote. I could have voted for either of us, and we would have won. That's okay. Uh, and then we have a white elephant trophy, just so Jeremy can take home just a trophy, no matter them. what. I don't know. Every honestly, year. okay, honestly. Our penis snail was going to win. That was good. I think the penis snail was even better than the tilapia, but until fish. the book came out, Jody wouldn't even touch it. Jeremy, <laughs> she held it's it, still and as soon on my table. I don't as care. she read the title, she threw it on the floor because it looks like a cookbook. Just, it's it's like a night like the, it looks like this flan that's covered in some sort of sauce. Turns it out it is it is it's man sauce on top of it. It is a cookbook. To use human semen with. And the funny thing is, like, you read the back and it's some 
scientist. I don't know how got published. What? Yeah, like whoever wrote that book was serious about protein. it. Like, it's, you know what? Though? There's not really it's, protein not, in semen. There is, but there's not that much. Like, there's not <laughs> enough to matter. The calories in semen don't matter. Yeah, but, so, so it's a whole cookbook with semen. And like the oyster picture. Ugh. This <laughs> It's gross. It's disgusting, and it's total. It has to be a gag, uh, but it's really disgusting. Um, it's you here. know someone's made it. I took well, that book. The stuff in the book. Jo- Jody gave me that book because she didn't want it at her home. Well, and then, and then only uh, traded. Trade. Bree kept the hat box that I found to put the tilapia in. I kept the hat box you found. There's 540 milligrams per 100 milliliters of protein in semen. And There's you, pretty much no protein. You know how in much semen. 100 milliliters is? It's like a shot. That means you just need a lot. Yeah, but there's only. There's only. The, <laughs> what's the average amount of ejaculate? Ew, I don't know. It's like to, you basically have to Who's fill up. Who's gonna damage their search history to look that up? <laughs> I will. I'll do it. I don't care. This this computer's good. You gotta freeze. Semen it. includes vitamin C, B12, oh, ascorbic acid, calcium, citric acid, fructose, lactic acid, magnesium, zinc, so sh- potassium, sodium, like fat, crap. and so a jigger, protein. which is a shot glass is 44 milliliters. You need 100. So you have to fill two shot glasses to get a milligram of protein. To make those recipes. Not a gram. No, to get protein. Oh. Not a gram, a milligram. Wasn't it like a teaspoon? One, one thousand. Fine, you're just eating millions of unborn people. No, No, you're not. Now you're eating half cells. People make memes about it. I could feel them swimming inside Besides that, semen don't swim straight. They swim in circles. Yeah, it's weird. They They all do. Nah, it's just they, they swim, have a spiral. It's they blind. spiral like this, and they move like this, and they don't move like this. They channel. drive like your grandma. That's <laughs> Welcome to uh, the new <laughs> semen discussion podcast. That book was fucking disturbing. So it won, and it was also one it's, of the last things opened. But, but uh, Chris ex- Chris exchanged it. I gave Jody the tilapia, which she because, desperately wanted. So the, the thing that, that nobody really noticed is I actually even found old grandma wrapping paper at Savers. Like some old crappy grandma wall wrapping paper, but because that was a book, it didn't look as cool as the other gifts that were big and fancy. But I'm glad I always Jody use our old it. crappy paper. I'm glad Jody got it because the look on her face when I'm like, "You got to read it," because she's kind of looking at it and like, "Read it out loud." <laughs> so it was, uh, it was fun. It's always good fun. It when was we fun. get together with you every guys. year, though. I think I don't know how I'm going to top that next year. I really don't. We'll have to see what next year brings. I don't know. I just, every year I wait for someone to find an antique vibrator to add to my collection. I look. Add to the collection. Well, and the thing oh, is I with have those, a collection. I got them both at the same time. Yeah. They were so good, though, that I stretched it out over two years. Because that, I mean. I got them both. But I got them both at the same time at the same time. I don't even think those were the best gifts, honestly, those years. The vibrators? Yeah, the the pig, the pig thing was really cool. Jonathan. Well, well, we got that. Jonathan played with that thing for probably two years. Yeah. We put that, new like, batteries in it. Is the play set thing. Is the pig from Toy Story 2, or I think it's two, Toy Story in the beginning, where he's pretending like the pig's a spaceship. It's yeah, an actual it was spaceship, the pig spaceship of the pig. Jonathan loved that. He, <laughs> oh, yeah. He played with that until it was so broken that it wasn't. But, uh, uh, so Julia, you were gone last week. You were off. Indeed. Gallivanting around Florida for some reason. But we go once a year to see Brighton's family. Something about being scammed by a Florida man. What what happened? Yeah, so we got to the hotel and they're like, hey, if you guys want to do this tour thingy, we'll give you like 200 bucks for food vouchers. And we're like, I guess we're here for a week, whatever. So they schedule us for the next morning. And they're like, oh, by the way, if you cancel, it's 50 bucks. 
I'm like, okay. Oh, you were staying at a timeshare. We were staying at a resort. Yeah, what was the name of the resort? Holiday Inn Club Resort. Yeah, that's <laughs> part of a timeshare, uh -huh. my friend. So, uh, like 10 o'clock rolls around the next morning, and some dude comes up and picks us up and takes us in his uh, little golf cart, and he's giving us this spiel on all these holiday timeshare point whatever things. <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're like, kind of interested but not wanting to do it now we're like no we got to research this we don't know if this is real or not um and it I, comes to the end and they sit us down i guarantee it's real i just want to point out as soon as you were talking about getting scammed in florida and then maybe having an attorney involved which you'll get to i'm sure i turned to brie and i said she was at a timeshare thing i'm sure <laughs> yep so so we're like no we can't right now brighton's got uh, like army stuff we gotta do and we're gonna move soon um, and instantly his demeanor changes he goes from this happy guy to like serious like staring us down he's like tapping his fingers on the table he's like it's not a question of when you want to do it it's we know you want to do it so <laughs> what one do you want to do and we're like we don't want to do it right now and so they grab the manager and they're just sitting us down and they're tapping their nails and we were there for Four hours. You know, you can for get up. For a 30-minute presentation. I, well, we I want wanna, our 200 bucks. I want to give you some I want to give you some advice. I'm sorry, I'm but my time yet. is worth way I'm more than yet. 200 bucks for two hours. <laughs> for four so hours. we ended up getting like just the cheapy little tiny one that's not going to do anything just to get them off of our backs. And we get home, back to our apartment. We look up reviews. We're like, yeah, this was a scam. Uh, none of the... None of the resorts are going to be have any availability, and then the amount of points that he was saying we could do stuff with are not even close to enough. Um, so we're looking in the fine print, and uh, they they didn't mention it out loud, but uh, Florida says you have ten days to cancel a new timeshare that you get without any sort of penalty. And so we wrote up our timeshare letter and we were like, let's just wait till the end of the trip and milk this hotel for all <laughs> that we can. So we got all of our stuff at a discount. We got like universal tickets for 50 bucks and Brighton goes, every time he goes in there, Brighton's like voice recording them because they're being all weird about it. Like, like a bunch of people start hounding him and then someone at the register will be like, no, no, it's okay. He's already an owner. He's already a member. And like, oh, okay. And walk away. Because they all wanted to be the one to get the commission, you know. Uh, so we just sent that in. Um, and we got it notarized at the bank and stuff. So I had to talk to my friend who was a lawyer to figure out, okay, what do we have to do? So they can't, like, say, no, we didn't see it, you know. But, yeah, we used the crap out of the so discounts and stuff. I'm going to give you and all of the uh, New Utah podcast listening audience some advice. In any sales situation, the number one thing that you have on your side is you. You can walk out at any time, and if they try to keep you there, they are violating a law. And not just a small law, that's a felony to try and keep you there against your will. You are always the most powerful bargaining chip you have in those situations. You can get up and walk away. Uh, and they'll be pissed, and that's fine. They know what they're doing. It's high-pressure sales. That's Plus, why... Plus, my time is way more valuable. literally this kid, like, our age who was doing it. He's just in there in between yep. college classes and... So we have a... 
we have some friends of Bree's, uh, Rick and Kelly, and they oftentimes gift us uh, a weekend at a timeshare. That they they have. They, they, they've they had a timeshare, you know, for a long, long time, and they just don't. They've got the cabin up at Bear Lake, and so they don't use the timeshare as much. And so they'll oftentimes gift us a weekend somewhere, and we'll go on a long weekend. And always we get the same, the same thing. We check in and they're like, okay, go over here and get your, cause like they have like these get bracelet your key things. cards yeah. from the guys that are going to try and sell you. And, and then they're, they're like, always like, you can do all this stuff. And we're like, no, no. Thanks. They're like, hey, get vouchers for like, blah, yep, blah, blah. I'm okay. Like, thanks. Yeah. I'm good. I don't want to waste two hours with you guys. I'm not, I'm not doing that. So. Lesson learned. Yep. Now you know. <laughs> and, and, and anytime you get <laughs> well, offered. My friend was like, first adult rule, never buy a timeshare. <laughs> and anytime you get like, anytime you get, uh, like an offer for like a free vacation somewhere. There's always. First off, it's not free. They tried giving us like four days in Vegas. Yeah. Or something. So it's four days, and four days in Vegas from Utah is great. They don't always pay airfare. They usually don't. They usually put you up at a shitty hotel like Circus Circus. <laughs> so you got to look at the details of it. But again, it's just an effort to get you to sit through their high pressure timeshare sales piece. So. Uh, if you want to learn more about timeshares, there's an episode of South Park where they go to a ski resort. They go, they go to Aspen and they get uh, sold timeshares, essentially. And that's really cool because there's two stories. One is like old school, like 1980 style ski patrol movies where Kyle is like challenging the main ski patrol douche to like some race and he's not really trying to but he keeps beating him uh and then all the parents keep getting pushed into different stupid timeshare meetings sounds like better off dead where they it's so good do the do you know what the value of it you know what the street value of this is <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um, yeah don't don't uh, get sucked into timeshares the thing with timeshares if, if you really want one you'll do the research and you'll go to get those the people. one and yeah you'll get the one you want so like my friends they have a wyndham timeshare so like they go to Cabo every summer or spring or whatever because they can go down to Cabo. And like, that's when we, when we went to Estes Park and I love it because we go there and it's always these really nice, like it's usually they're two bedrooms. A, they're just and, little condos. Except ours wasn't for a condo. It was for points. Yeah. yeah. Ours is so for, can well, that's, that's how it works. A lot of timeshares work that way. And we would get a condo timeshare. So, I, but it, on that note, we have been discussing getting a timeshare because we do like taking those kinds of trips. Uh, and it just, it kind of makes it fun to like just go and know that you're going to have certain amenities. Like we always have a washer dryer, you know, there's so it's, I don't know. It's just kind of nice to. The good ones aren't going to make you sit through a presentation. They, they all make you sit through a presentation, but there's a, there's a website. Is it Red Week? I think it's Red Week. Yeah. Red Week is a timeshare marketplace. Where you can um, rent timeshares from people uh, or buy timeshares from people on the secondary market. There are people trying to give away their holiday and timeshare for a penny on eBay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's get out Red it. Week. It might be. Yeah, I think it's Red Week is the name of the site. I don't know. I haven't been there in a long time. But anyway, if you're really interested in that shit, cool. There's a ton of them in Utah. And we've actually taken some like down in St. George, up in um, Park City. There's a Park bunch. City. There's a bunch in Bear Lake, actually. Up by Heber. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to go see like a national parks and stuff, there's usually down by Zion timeshares yeah. in those various areas. That we you keep trying visit. for Yellowstone, but it's a really hard one to get into. So she keeps putting um, Yellowstone's just so limited. There's just so few of them. She she puts our name on the on the waiting list all the time. Um, and she's like, one of these days we'll get it. <laughs> one of these days. So one of these days, Alice. 
with us this week uh, is uh, Jermaine Magandazi. Yes. Yay. I, I wrote it <laughs> out phonetically, and then I was thinking, like, and I almost said it. So exactly it. how it's spelled is phonetically. Well, yeah. I, I almost said it, Hagen-Dazi, Hagen-Dazi. Because Hagen <laughs> and Magandazi, like, like Hagen and Magen, I don't know. You're the worst. Well, I'm just saying that that's a good way to remember some... So and it does. I mean, I, that's how I would say it, right? Is Magandazi? We were like just said, saying we weren't going to ruin his name, and then you just ruined not, his name. It's not ruined. <laughs> Hagendaz means happy days, though. So yeah, No, I actually kind of like how that one rolls off. Hagendazi. People associated with an ice cream like Hagendazi. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. You could you could start doing candles in like old Hagendaz containers. Oh, there you go. Cross out the H and put an M. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so Jermaine is the uh, the CEO of Bombini Zone, which is a uh, your local can- candle maker. Uh, and do you guys make your own CBD products as well, or you're just selling CBD products? So we just sell the CBD products. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as in the candles uh, at the shop, I should say, we sell candles there, lip balms, lotions, perfumes, all of them locally. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and then we also have some other products in there, all made from local vendors. Because we, one of our things is that we like promoting Utah businesses and local businesses. So that's also a really cool thing that we do. It's one of the things that we like to do too. So I mean, that's why we have you on. I have a friend who helps with my shop who has some of her art in his shop. Well, it's it's cool. the circle of life, right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> businesses helping businesses. That's the way to roll. I agree. And one of the reasons I did that, just because before I opened up the shop, I was trying to get some of my products into like Harmon's and other different local shops. And it, it's hard. At first, I thought it was going to be a little easy, but um, especially well, I was also trying to do it kind of during the tail end of 2020 when the pandemic was still going. So I understand. But yeah. it was definitely hard because the few people I was able to get in contact with who were somewhat interested they would have to be like well I'm interested I love it but then I have to like go up the chain of command and ask this person and that person if it's okay and then so it would just kind of be that one thing that oh yeah I want to do it but this person came back and said you know for us to do that would need this this and that and it's just something we're not able to do because of the restrictions from COVID I was like dang it so yeah so I want to take a I want to take a step back before we I mean we'll get back to your your shop and the stuff that you do there and how you got into it, uh, but the first question that we we've got to have an answer to is what month were you born in? September. Oh, oh. December or New you, Year's? No, Christmas baby. Be- beginning of of September or the end of September? Um. Towards the end of September. What's the date? Oh, so you're you're like so a, your parents had a really good Christmas and you were born the following September. Is that what happens? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what date were you born? Um, the 26th. So you are a Christmas, You're a Christmas baby. Christmas miracle. I mean, maybe could have been New Year's. Hey, that is like nine months exactly. There's a yeah, but there's like a three to there's four a week give window. Or take <laughs> but holiday baby. Well, he can think about his conception when he opens Christmas was, presents. But you this year. during the holidays. But I don't know. Do they Unless celebrate you were like early or something? But do they celebrate Christmas in Uganda? Because that's where you're from, right? It's actually, I should want to give my parents a call now and be like, hey, I know you guys are secret. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Remember 28 years ago that Christmas before that? And I know it. I know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, so you, you are originally from Uganda then? Where in Uganda were you born? So um, right by the main city, right by Kampala. Um, 
Yeah, so that's where I was born. I lived there for, I want to say, almost nine years. Then I moved to London, lived there for about three years, and then that's when I moved to the U.S. So what 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 prompted all the moving? Um, so when I was like a baby, my parents ended up um, coming to the to the U.S. You know, um, American dream, trying to you know get a. a I don't know, find a better life, things of that nature. So one of the things when we're finally like at eight or nine, they were like, okay, hey, now that we are financially where we need to be to bring them over here, that's what we want to go ahead and do. So, I mean, I was, it kind of caught me by surprise though, because imagine as a kid, you're just going to school, playing with your friends, and then you come home, everybody's celebrating, they're all happy. You think somebody won the lottery, they're like, hey, what happened? Did we win a bunch of money? It's like, no, you're going to the US. I'm like, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't, they weren't fleeing anything or any kind of conflict or anything like that. No, no, I'm not particularly. I mean, my my uh, grandpa, he fought in, well, he was in that whole thing when one of the dictators took over and he had to go into hiding. So there was that, but that was a little bit before my time. So in, in their case, they were just trying to find a better life. So the first, was that on purpose or did it, or did, you, did it take time to get to the U.S.? So it took time because, like I said, um, before I... I went to the UK or to London first, then I came to the US. Um, so my aunt lives right in the smack dab middle of London. So um, that's where we stayed at. It was it was a it was a different world. And for a while, again, as a kid, got used to it, thought that, OK, this is, I guess, because my whole conception of like world geography <laughs> wasn't quite there. So I'm thinking Aren't UK, the US. Upside down when you're in the southern hemisphere. What? No. Compared to what we have here. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. But I'm thinking it's like uh, the UK is the US, right? And so I'm getting used uh, to it, learning the lingo, and then it's like, oh, hey, you know, that time is up. It's time for you to move to the US. And I'm just like, okay. So it's funny, though, because they still make fun of me for this story. Um, when I was on the plane to the US, uh, they were showing me the map and they're like going over like where we're going to go. And at first I thought, Canada was the U.S. And I was like, hey, we're going over there, right? So I'm thinking we're going to Canada. They're like, no, we're going to the United States. And so they just all laughed at me because I was the youngest. And they were just like, oh, my gosh, you have no idea. So um, <laughs> when I came here, though, it was funny because I still had a really heavy British accent. And a lot of the things, like when I would spell stuff, like color, like adding the U and the R or calling, like saying chips instead of fries, people would be like, I was like, like, hey, what do you want to eat? They'll, you know, I'll be like, oh, oh that's, I'm, I'm sorry. They'll be like, what do you want to eat? I'm like, okay, I want to eat like chips and, 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 and a burger or something. They'll be like, okay. So then they'll give me like chips, a actual chips. chips. <laughs> I hope that chips in the UK is, you know, French fries. fries. Yeah. Just like, Wait, what? So that was actually kind of funny. And for a while, I think they thought I had like a learning disability because of the way I spell <laughs> Because the way I would spell stuff, they're like, "Wait, why are you adding the U's where they don't need to be?" I'm like, "That's how being fancy." Yeah. If it makes you feel better, I've I've lived in the U.S. my whole life, and I use the U's in places that we don't. <laughs> was the transition in like um, uh, measurement units weird too? Like going from Celsius going to from Fahrenheit smart to stupid? Yeah, basically. basically? Yeah, it was it was like a it's just the same in so many ways, but it's also different in a lot of ways, right? Driving on the other side of the road, kilometers and miles. Okay, so we went right like we blew like right over this. I did no one else realize that his parents were in the US and he was in Uganda? 
Did no one else notice that? No, I picked up on that. Okay, but but how come nobody asked him? So who were you living with? Like, what were you doing? And and like, how old were you when your parents left to come here? Um. So I was just a baby when my. Aww. So my dad left one. Like he left first, and then my mom left like the following year. So I was a baby when he left, and then when she left, it was I was still a baby, but I was like one years old. And then from there, uh, I was raised by my aunts. Like I, I would, you know, have my extended family, which is still right, you know, still there in Uganda. So. That's who I would stay with. Uh, they were really awesome. They, they raised, you know, they raised me well as well as the rest of my siblings, and it was a good time. Um, it, it was is it, definitely it was one of those things too that was kind of a culture shock because when I initially came to the U.S. and like I'd be watching like um, documentaries or like things on the National Geographic about you know Africa, like some of the stuff they would choose to highlight, I would just kind of me and my family would laugh at it. It's like. <laughs> that's not how it is at all. Like, it's it, it kind of like if somebody would come from another country to get a camera and take it to one of the reservations and be like, here in America, look at how they're living. And then they just show <laughs> reservation. You'll be like, that's one part of the U.S. Why are you highlighting that particular part? As if it's part? So, I just always thought that was fun, but that's kind of off topic. But anyways, I, I, would, I would just, um, I used to stay with my aunt and that's who I stayed with. Then when I went to the U.K., um, when I went to the UK after Uganda, I stayed with my other aunts. Then when I came to the US, that's when I met up with my parents. Yeah. So that was almost like the first time really meeting your parents. They were almost not strangers, but they weren't people that you had grown up around. And by now you were how old when you ended up in the US? Um, I was. So I was eight when I lived, 19, about maybe 11. So when you were 11, was that the first time that you'd seen them or had they ever come back to visit? No, they had never came back to visit um, because, I mean, during that time, they were, again, trying to establish themselves in the States and just kind of get everything um, kind of rolling on that end, uh, which they were able to do, thankfully. But, yeah, it was one of those things that when I when I met him, especially my dad, it was kind of like meeting them for the first time because, again, when they left, I was just like. You didn't really have a, a, a memory of them that was your own memory. It was memories that people told you about. Mm-hmm. So oh, where where in the U.S. did they come? Here to Utah or somewhere else? Oh, it was Colorado. It's like, hey, from the tropical weather of Uganda to the cold. <laughs> <In> Colorado. This <laughs> uh, from right? No. No? No, he's Wait. from Wyoming. Wyoming. Clan yeah. makes those two up. Yeah. They're the same thing in my mind. So, so you went to school, high school in Colorado then? Yeah. And then kind of what happened after that? So you graduate high school. I'm assuming you graduated from high school. And then what? <laughs> um, yeah, so I graduated from high school out there. And then I came to Utah to go to college out here because my mom knew one of the out-of-state like recruiters from UVU. So then they're just like, hey, come out here. I know you've never been out here before, but it might just be a cooler experience. And then so I decided to come out here. And that's where I've been ever since. So I, I, I'm curious what it's like moving from a place like Uganda uh, and even the UK where you live for a, a couple of years. They're, they're small uh, landmass wise. Like Uganda, the, all of Uganda can essentially fit in Utah pretty close. Like yeah. how, how is that experience going from such a small landmass country to something as gigantic as the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. 
I mean, he wasn't really like driving or anything as a kid. He just went where people. Yeah, I mean, no, okay. but, it feels like, different. but like, but like spatially, because like, and I don't know anything about Uganda, but I know that like in the UK, you were probably you were in London, so you were in a very populated. You know, like there were people everywhere and buildings everywhere, and what and then you move to Colorado, and even though like even if you're in Denver, there's still a bunch of space. Like it's it's big. You you happen to move from a very densely populated area to, like, part of the U.S. that is, empty. like, it's open. Because Uganda's got a population of, like, 45 million in the size of a place about Utah size. Right, that, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and I don't know where he lived. He could have still lived in a less populous place. But my point is, is where you lived, where you came from, was more densely packed than where you moved to. Like, everything was just wide open. Was that a, Is that something you noticed, or was it just... Yeah, um, just, yeah, so I mean, I definitely did notice that, especially when we're coming off of like the the airplane and going to the airport and just, um, but it wasn't the first thing I noticed. The first thing I noticed is that my, my parents were so, so like excited for us to be there. And especially they're really excited for us to like get sort of assimilated or, or enthralled in like the American culture or things of that nature. So in the airport, uh, the Denver airport at that time, there was a McDonald's. So they were like, hey, what would you guys like to do? I was, I was like, your first experience of the U.S. are like, okay, I guess we're kind of hungry. They're like, okay, hey, let's go and try this place, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Classy. <laughs> to the McDonald's, and then I think they order us like a cheeseburger and some fries and I mean, stuff. that's like, as American as it gets, though. <laughs> I take a bite out of it. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it or did you think it was gross? No, it was horrible. I was like, wait, they feed people this? Somebody should be in prison. But I mean, that's, that's it was like a staple diet. Kind of like, uh, but but the, it was also because it's like, so I, I guess all that to say in that one of the biggest things that was sort of like a a change or something that I noticed was just like the culture, right? Um, coming from Uganda where it's a lot like, even at that time, it was it was industrialized. It was they're trying to kind of get more modernized and things of that nature. But a lot of it was very like family based, local based. Like if you ate food, a lot of it was like locally grown. Like there wasn't a lot of places where you'd go and like get fast food. Like if you want to get fast food, you could, but you'd have to drive all the way like in the middle of the city where there's like places like that where you could kind of get fast food from. Um, so kind of coming you know from there where it's obviously also less uh less on the go like i mean people are busy there but not like just running left and right left and right left and right super busy to um something that was a little bit more different or even in the uk i mean because i lived in the uk but again i i never really um when I was living with my aunts, we ate a lot of, like, Ugandan food and things of that nature. We never really ate a lot of, like, other types of foods. Um, but anyway, so just kind of to come to the U.S., it was just kind of the culture was different. But then after a while, after I got used to it, um, it was it was it was really good because I understood from a young age that, hey, there's a reason why they bought us here. There's a reason why um, this should not be something I take for granted or something I look at as just like, OK, it is what it is, whatever, um, that I've got to make the best out of it. And so I just uh, from there, I just kind of kept going, <laughs> kept learning. Yeah, I, 
I could ask you questions about Uganda forever. Like what? Like, cause I love food. So what, I mean, what comprises like Ugandan cuisine? Like what's the, the focal point there? It's a lot of like meat based. Cause there's a lot of farming, you know, farming is really big out there. So like, Things um, like they'll have like beefs too. Um, they have things that like they have this one dish called like a chapati. It's very similar to like a tortilla, um, but they made it out of like flour and stuff like that. So that's a really big part of it. It's kind of like used kind of like, again, like as a burrito or a taco to kind of hold meat in. And then um, rice is a really is a really popular food item there. Um, eggs, because there's a lot of, you know, chickens and things of that nature. Pig is not as popular out there. Um, there's not a lot of pigs so it's mostly beef fish and beans and rice things of that nature are very popular it's very similar to cuisine maybe like brazil that's a that's yeah. a big part of their cuisine similar actually yeah yum i could get behind that so so your parents decided to come here and bring now how many brothers and sisters do you have and they bring them all over yeah so um i have one brother one sister and yeah they bought them all over as well at the same time yeah, so it was um within the same time yeah, time window, so okay. to say. Okay. So they 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 come over here because they they want I guess the American dream a better life for you guys uh, and you guys come over here. Um now did they come over and and get it and part of their getting established did they get citizenship and everything else before they brought yeah. you guys over? That's fantastic. And did they did they work with you as kids to get you citizenship before you became adults, or is that something that that you've sought out, or have you even done that? Yeah, so it was something to where um, they didn't do it right right away, but like they ended up doing it eventually. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a lot of hard work for somebody to do. So that's amazing that they were able to do that. Do you guys ever go back and visit? No. Um, they, well, they do. My my mom does. My dad does. Um, me, my sister actually does too. Me and my brother just, uh, I guess, haven't really done so just because, uh, just life. <laughs> Whatever. It's probably not cheap there. either. It's probably pretty. Yeah, expensive. yeah. It's not cheap. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where you need to have some money stored away because, um, you know, um, you have to factor in the the flights and then where you're going to stay. I mean, gladly we have people back there, so it kind of makes it a little bit less expensive, but. It's still pretty expensive. Um, but I mean, I definitely want to, though, um, especially when I do have kids one day. I definitely want to go back and show them that so that they have that connection, because I think that's important. Now, I'm kind of curious, and, and maybe I, I don't know if you remember any of this, because I don't know that there were a lot of conflicts at the time. But where Uganda's at uh, in Africa, I mean, you guys are like sandwiched between Sudan and Congo and Kenya is a fairly stable government, it feels like. Um, but then you have like Rwanda, which has not been the most stable. But Uganda oh. seems to have been stable through all of that. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, because being in the U.S., you know, World War II was the closest we came to like real all-out war in in modern era. And and I'm kind of curious, coming from a place like Uganda, where you're literally surrounded by it. Um, does that have an impact on your on your regular daily life uh, as a child down there? Yeah, um, I mean, there was one major conflict um, that I could think of, and that was with this. I think his name is Obote. He was one of the dictators who had um, sought power, and he actually got power for quite some time. And so, when he was in power, like there was there was a huge shift in regards to like. Because, I mean, with every dictator comes a whole new set of rules and things of that nature. So 
I mean, uh, like I was saying earlier, my, my grandpa was one of the people that fought against, you know, him in the like the resistance army just to kind of get him from power. So because of that, um, my mom would always tell me stories about how, like, even when she was going to college and things of that nature, she would have to go into hiding because there'll be times when it's like, hey, um, Obote is like now looking for people who are against him because as a dictator, you don't want anybody against you. You want to kill everybody. And so he since he was a high ranking member, they were, you know, should have to go into hiding, should have to go like. Like, I know they had like a bunker, like like a little like an underground under their house where they'd have to like, go hide for days and weeks, um, especially if uh, things kind of got heated and just government shifted and things of that nature. But, yeah, there's definitely there's that there's conflict. Um, I'm not going to say there's not in, in a lot of Uganda's history, though, it's been pretty mellow. But during the mid 80s to maybe even the mid 90s, there was a little bit of conflict because of that dictator. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's just interesting because there's, I mean, there's that part of Central Africa is just always embroiled in conflict with with warlords and dictators trying to take over various countries. But Uganda's managed to escape most of that from all the history I know. (laughs) (laughs) So what did your parents do for a living that brought them out here? So um, my dad had gotten a really lucrative job at a bank. I forgot what the exact name of it. I don't even think the bank is still in business, to be honest with you. So he got a really lucrative job at one of the banks. And then my mom, she was she started her own um, janitorial business, actually. And so she ended up getting a whole bunch of contracts through that. And she was uh, running that for quite some time, too. So they both managed to do that before we had came here. That's cool. That's amazing. So once you got here, um, you kind of you were in Colorado for how long? Did you go through high school and everything in Colorado? Yeah, middle school, high school, everything. Yeah. And did you did you go to uh, college anywhere? The I went to you U. said that. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, so I the U. Right the U. That's that brought him out here. Is, is going to the U. Oh, so okay. what did you study in college? So I I started. Um, I started off doing marketing and business just because I took a lot of business class in high school. Then I tried to switch my major to like computer science, but I suck at math. And I was like, I'm not going to do this. So I switched back and, and I, I did business management and marketing. And and what got you into making candles and other At least he has products. a background to be able to run his business. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people open businesses and have no idea what they're doing. So. Me. <laughs> Um, so my, what, what got me started was that uh, there was, there was a time when I would, I'm one of those people who always loses their like lip balms and chapsticks and things of that nature. Like whenever I buy a new one by maybe day two, I lost it under the couch somewhere. I can't find it. (laughs) So I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, so I, just because I was, I think there was a time when I was just learning a whole bunch of stuff. I went out to YouTube and I was like, how how long would it make if I, how long would it take if I just made my own lip balms? So I found this easy video. They're like, Hey, just use beeswax, blah, 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 make them. So I started off with that, but like the lip balms were really, really like hard. They're like beeswax (laughs) because I used a lot of, you know, beeswax. And, um, from there I was just like, huh? Cause um, when it comes to me starting something, I've always had that in me that I'm a perfectionist by nature. Like if I get into something, it's like, I want to get it to the best possible level that I could get it to. So I was like, okay, this, this is bad, but now I'm inspired to even make them like better. So I decided to kind of 
get the recipe because they had posted on their YouTube. And then I was like, okay, this is too much of that, too much of that. And I just did a whole bunch of trial and error. And gladly I had some friends and people that I could be like, hey, try this, try that, try this. They're like, hey, this one's too hard or this one's too like squishy or this one just whenever I Ooh, have it squishy in Squishy chapstick's the worst. <laughs> it was horrible. So um, just having to take that constructive criticism and be like, okay, okay, like, I'll thank you for the feedback. Let me try to figure out how to get better at that. And so that's how that started. Then my curiosity for that, once I kind of got it to the level I wanted to, then I looked into like candles and then from there it just kind of spiraled into everything it is today. So, yeah. So did you start then, you know, obviously you were testing on your friends. When did you make that decision? Like, okay, I'm going to actually sell this stuff out outside of just me making it because I wanted to for myself. Oh yeah, um, I definitely hit hit a point to where um, I was I was I was all in pretty much. I had created a website. I had gotten the lip balm to or all the products to where they had the right amount of consistency and the feedback was amazing. It was great, and I had set something up online like through Etsy and different outlets as well, and they're all doing really great. So then I was like, you know, let me just. Let me just do this because I had reached the point where I was like, I sure I could nitpick everything and be like, well, this needs to be right. Or I need to be in this position in life to make this leap. Or what about this? What about that? But I was like, there's never a perfect time to do what you love. Right? There's never a perfect time to start your own business. You just have to kind of. You just kind of got to do it. You just kind of got to take the leap and just hope that I was watching this one um, talk by, I think it was Steve Harvey. And it was just him talking about like taking a leap of faith. Like you never know, like if you're going to succeed at something or fail, whatever it is until you do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So luckily it's paid off. Um, and it's been, it's been really nice. Um, it, it's still kind of growing and it's still small but i look forward to it i look forward to the good days the not so good days the days when i'm feeling on top of the world and the days when i'm like oh i could have done that better but i like i love all of it it's, so it's you, been great do you still sell stuff on etsy or uh is it all through your website and and your storefront now so i don't sell stuff to etsy i sell stuff mainly through three outlets uh the shop the website and amazon sellers actually have been really good too so three of those uh, are the ones i utilize where did you come up with the name um so <laughs> um one i'm of wondering the, that too you know, that, that's a good question that's a good question because i've had a lot of people give me theories they're like oh <laughs> i thought your name was like your nickname was bambini then you're saying like that's you know your own thing and i was like oh that's a pretty good guess but that's not it so anyways it started because when i created the lib moms i i would also look into like because that's when i started thinking like when i perfected the lib bombs like okay who would my competition be if i did go into business so one of the uh, companies i was really motivated by and i really like the lip bombs was burt's bees right oh, yeah. and i oh this is pretty cool like i like kind of what they're doing i like you know i like how it feels i like how it applies it's not too much you know not too little and so i was like huh um I also like how most of our products we utilize beeswax. And I was like, I just kind of like bees. And I was like, okay, so I don't want to make a business and call it bees own. Like that would just kind of be like, <laughs> cliche. I don't want to call it something super cliche and just like, uh, you're going to come up with something. <laughs> 
Yeah, so when- uh, but it was just kind of like, I don't want to make it like super cliche because it's kind of like choosing a superhero name, right? You can't choose something just like, ah, oh, man, that sucks, right? So I ended up going with Bombini because it on the East Coast, it's a term popularly used for like a type of bee. Uh, they call it a Bombini. So I was like, oh, actually, I kind of like that. Okay, so I'm going to say... I want to take that, then I'm going to be like, okay, Bambini's own. Like, pretty much that it's made from natural products, and it's made, you know, a lot of our products contain beeswax, which is bees-based, so just kind of bringing it all back full circle. So I I got to ask, because you opened up a storefront this year, what what drove you to open up a storefront in the age of internet sales and that being where you'd sold like and covid like it's it's yeah. abs- I, I think you're absolutely crazy for having opened a storefront <laughs> what what in kind pandemic, of what yeah. drove what drove that decision to open a storefront during during covid and everything um what drove the decision to do that it was just kind of one of those things to where i so throughout a lot of my like adult life, I felt like I was one foot in, one foot out with the business. Like when I started to get serious about the business and I just, again, I, on my free time, I like doing several things, but one of them is learning. Like I read, I'm a weirdo who reads Wikipedia profiles about like people who've passed. It could be from <laughs> historians to entertainers to whoever it is. Right. And then I also watch sometimes motivational videos, but I was like, I came to the point where I was like, okay, I don't like the job I'm doing. And I've been, you know, kind of shifting through jobs because, I mean, because, you know, whatever. But I was just kind of like, I don't want to live a life where I feel like I'm one foot in, one foot out, where I'm working full time and I'm just worried about doing that, that I don't dedicate my all to this business or as much as I could. So it was more of just a leap of faith. It was just kind of, but I also did the math. It wasn't just something like, I'm just going to do it. I also analyzed my sales, um, what I was capable of doing monthly in regards to the shop, how much I needed to generate to be able to compensate for the shop and make sure that I had enough for the mortgage and all that other stuff. Um, so I did the math beforehand, but it was definitely more motivated. If uh, It was more motivated by the fact that I was just like, I can't put one foot in, one foot out, and I just got to go for it. That's a good re- I, that's a good reason to do it to just take that leap and now you probably have left stuff sitting in your own house of of product that- <laughs> <laughs> so where where is your shop located so it's located in midville utah um seventy seven hundred maple street right by the tracks oh that's a good location it's like right where the tracks station is right exactly yeah yeah I was going to say, you could walk oh, to it from the track that's, stage uh, if you wanted to. So that's where the uh, the old Arctic Circle that some other burger place that thinks they're going to be able exactly, to survive yeah. is. We exactly drive past right. it all the time on the way home from RSL games. <laughs> it's actually it- crazy because I, I moved, I'm not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I moved to Midville, like, I mean, early 2020, right? And so before that, I had been through Midville just kind of passing through, but it wasn't until I moved here to where just by talking to people, I'm like, a lot of people pass through Midville. Like, I, everybody I talk to is like, yeah, I usually pass through here if I'm going to Sandy or if I'm going to Murray, and I'm just like, oh. So it's it just pretty- kind of also made it better that it was, I was able to hopefully open up a shop in Midville that we just kind of got lucky like that, but. It's yeah. pretty center of the valley. I mean, Midvale's not dead center, but pretty close. Home of all it's the used mid- car dealers. Valley. Yeah. Midvale, Midvale. It's where all the used car dealers are on State Street right there. <laughs> <laughs> that stretch of like. But you're by Bumblebee on State Street. Have you gone there and eaten? Yes, I actually have. Um, I tried their fries. They're actually really good. It's yeah, yummy. So yeah. Good. Those, those guys make good, good. food. 
There's a lot of local spots here. The only thing I, the only one I didn't try was the Joe Marley's. I think that's that's a popular the one. The barbecue place that's, that's like across the street there. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have tried before they closed. Oh, they're closed now. Yeah, they closed uh, it. I think it was like six months ago. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. I never got to try them. I didn't even know they were there for a long time. There's a barber shop that's in that strip, that little strip mall that Joe Morley's was in. That's really popular, I think, too. Yeah, and Mekong Cafe's down the road there now too. Yeah, there's a lot of really good places here. Yeah, but, isn't there a what's that meatball place? Uh, Moochie's. Right Moochie's isn't Moochie's yeah. right there now too. Mm-hmm. And their second location, they nailed it. They were able to replicate. See, so. so you're in a great place then. And remind me, you're next to like a tattoo shop, right? Yeah, I think it's like White Raven. You is- should put tattoo wax, like posters in the window. <laughs> so people, when they're walking out the parking lot with their brand new tattoo and they need something to heal it in a week. Or just go talk to the tattoo shop. And they're, they're, <laughs> they're not going to give it to you. They're going to say, go home, find your own thing. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta go find your own stuff. If I could have walked next door after getting my tattoos and bought a balm right then and there, I one hundred percent would have. I agree. That's not a bad idea. I actually like that. Yeah, you should do that. See if you could even do work something out with the tattoo shop because I know they'll sometimes try local brands for while they're doing the tattoos as the glide. Mm-hmm. I I was a tattoo apprentice for a minute, so. Were you? Mm-hmm. Right, perfect. Yeah, and actually, um, because you're not the first one to recommend that because. Yeah, there actually have been some people from um, White Raven who've came through and just been like, hey, we just kind of, you know, saw that you guys are open. They come through and the first thing that they notice is the tat wax. (laughs) Yep, yep. We need to make a big old poster for that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's been doing really good. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's. (sighs) There was something that I was also going to say, though, too, in regards to like opening up a shop, though. It's. um, Oh, Yeah. So it's, yeah, no, it's it's kind of a crazy thing that I decided to do that in the middle of like a pandemic where so many stores have now shifted online. There's so many stores closing left and right, but um, I kind of look at it like we're not always going to be in a pandemic and <laughs> there's going to be a time when some somebody or another business is going to fill out those spaces that are now left vacant and when we, you know, everything does kind of help rebound back up or whenever that happens, it's just going to be a huge surge. So hopefully I'm at the right place at the right time, right? Everything's a gamble in life. So it is. hopefully I one. Well, I mean, you, you, like you were saying, you came at it, not just from a, you know, not just from an impulse, like I have to, you know, shit or get off the pot for lack of a better term. Um, but also from a, a business standpoint where you actually looked at it and said, okay, this is what I need to do to make this actually work. Uh, Ooh. and I think I can do that. And, and, you know, that's a, that's the thing that a lot of people don't do before they open their own business. And that's why a lot of small businesses fail and fail so quickly. So being that it was during the pandemic, well, kind of tail end of it, were you able to get a good deal on your spot you because it was empty? What do you mean the tail end of it? We're still like right well, dead in the middle in the When throes. we thought it was the tail end of it. When everything was shut down, like things were closed, closed. Yeah. But were you able to get a good deal on your spot or did that have any? did that have anything to do with it? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all... I mean, yes and no. I mean, because there were still, I mean, uh, contrary to popular opinion, there were still a lot of people looking. Like, like you know how with the housing thing, a lot of people were like, the, the, you know, the markets, you know, it's going to crash and nobody's going to want a house and this, this and that. And it's now it's the exact opposite, right? right. So same 
intersecting with um, me finding a shop. So gladly the guy is is who owns that lot. He's, you know, a, a local guy. He's very down to earth. He understood that, hey, this is my first time opening up a shop. I really want to do it. Um, I have a certain amount of funds allocated to do it. And if you could meet me here, then we could get it done. And he was able to agree upon it. So I got it for a good deal, but it wasn't definitely because of there wasn't anybody else. Actually, right. there was a of people who are probably going to offer him more, but I think he just kind of understood like, Hey, this is a young entrepreneur. Let me just give him a shot. So I just Good, kind of, that's awesome. Out. Yeah. The silence. <laughs> I thought Brie was adjusting. To oh, no, I'm waiting sorry. for her. <laughs> he was waiting for me and I was just moving. I was. So what, so we've talked a little bit about some of your products, but what all do you sell at your shop? Yeah, so um, like I said prior, I sell the lip balms, lotions, perfume, tattoo wax or tattoo lotion. Uh, we have CBD products, CBD gummies, CBD dog treats, dog treats as well as um, slip the top of bug repellent spray, like a natural yes. bug repellent. I have that for my apartment. Repellent spray. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then we have <laughs> um, multi-purpose lotion as well. So do you make products in the shop or is it just a storefront to sell? No, that's just a storefront to sell. Um, you still make it in your bathtub at home? Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I didn't mean to cut you off. You still make the stuff in the, your bathtub at home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, 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 the, uh, is the government on this chat or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um... So, yeah, I make everything outside of the shop, and then I sell it out of the shop. The reason I do that is because um, when it comes to, like, a storefront and selling stuff at the shop, when you when it comes time to get, like, business licenses and stuff like uh -huh. that, it makes it a little bit more costly, and you just have to kind of jump through a few more loopholes in regards to um, trying to get a business license if they know that you manufacture it there. Uh, so. so if it's production, it's different than if it's just a sales point exactly. of sale. Gotcha. Retail retail licenses are pretty easy to get. <laughs> so of of your items that you sell, what are the things that you tend to sell the most of? What are the most popular? So the most popular are the candles, obviously, and then it's a mixture between the candles, the perfumes, and the car fresheners that we just introduced about oh. a couple of months ago. Ooh, car fresheners. That's another one I forgot. Yes, car fresheners, yeah. I like car fresheners. I might actually have to get one of those. <laughs> I always just tell uh, his wife, Maddie, who I work with, I'm always just like, I want this thing. Go get it from him, and then I'll pay you for it. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll just bring it into work so I don't have to drive out there. So how do you do the car fresheners? Is it like a cardboard back, and you, you put a scent on it? No. Um, so these ones are different. They, they come in this little, like, container. And so um, how they work is that when you get them, you open it up a little bit, but and then you take the little, like, there's a thing that just kind of, how, what do you call it? It like just kind of gets the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you take that out. You put the lid back on, but you don't close it up all the way so that it can let the... Um, oh, like, like the ones at Bath and Body Works, kind of? A little canister kind of thing. 
Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I had it here that I could show you guys. But anyway, so once you've done that, you then hang it up in the car, and then it just naturally um, diffuses the smell throughout the car. It's way I like it way more than the gas station ones or even just the cardboard ones because I feel like the cardboard ones go out pretty fast, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the cardboard ones, you open it up. And, and they're kind of weird and oily. And Well, your car smells like a banana for like two days, and then you don't smell anything. A banana? Why are you getting banana That's car pretty nasty, Dad. <laughs> That's pretty gross. That's weird. He thinks that everything really tropical smells like bananas. Who's eating bananas in here? You know how gross that'll be in the hot summer and it smells like bananas? I feel like, it, I feel like <laughs> coconut's more tropical than banana. Like, well, yeah, people do like pina colada yeah, and stuff in their car. The car fresheners look really cool, too. They're like almost crystal looking. Like uh, Chris is looking like at your website. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. They oh, look yeah sure. So it's, it's like a little diffuser is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little diffuser, and the little top where the beads are is kind of like the wick for it, and it hangs from the mirror. So I'm assuming people can still get things online, so you fulfill both online and stores. How How is it comparing now? Are you still selling a lot more online, or is it kind of starting to even out to where you're doing about the same both online and in the store? So um, a majority of the sales still do come through online, but we do have a good amount that come through in-store as well. In the winter, it's a little bit different because it's cold outside. Um, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, obviously. But in this particular case, it was kind of just one of those things to where so a majority of the sales, took, especially for this month, a majority of sales have come through online, but we still do have a lot of people coming in just like, hey, um, I want some last minute gifts. So what do you guys have? Or I heard about you guys or, hey, I just moved in the area and I just saw you guys are here. So what do you guys sell? So it could be for a plethora of things. Nice. Do you let people order and pick up in your store? Yes, we do pickups as well. And even during that, the because of the pandemic, we even offer like curbside and things of that nature. Just do DoorDash. DoorDash. You can order. You can order a meat and cheese board from another state. On DoorDash to be delivered in ten days. That's so disgusting. <laughs> are you being for real? Or are you just it's for real? For uh, real. That's not. And they have like a that hot dog place good. that'll deliver in ten days. <laughs> it's so nasty. Yeah, Seven hundred dollars. Could you imagine a ten day old puka dog? Ugh. Yeah. All soggy. And <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. refunds. Oh we my don't, god! Don't order food for more than in like. 30 minutes away. <laughs> I don't know, even an hour. That's, that's well, that's a, a way long. for them to, yeah. So, uh, Jermaine, we have one other question for you, and then we'll let you uh, give out all your website and address information. Um, so, you, you've made a home here in Utah. You started a business, opened a storefront. You're here probably to stay for a while. Um, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in your time here? Um, He's thinking. We need thinking music on this show. <laughs> like Jeffrey's thinking music. Right next door, you know. So it's like I can't say the mountains because Colorado has mountains. So, so there's a lot of things that kind of like. Yeah, but our over. mountains are better. No, it's definitely way more visible here. I'm not even gonna lie. So I guess that's one thing. The mountains are way more visible here, especially up north. Um, because I was living in Aurora, where you'd see the mountains, but they're a little bit more like out. Yeah, they're far um, away so from Aurora. Yeah. The mountains, and I want to say just. There's a lot of really nice, friendly people here. Yeah, so just um, friendly people, and uh, the mountains are really good. Just from the top of my head. 
So where can people find all your stuff? Obviously, Amazon, uh, it sounds like, but you have a, a website and a storefront. Yes, uh, people can find my stuff on www.bombinizone.com. They could even come in store. We are located at 7700 Maple Street in Midville, Utah. They could also find us through Etsy if they still use Etsy and Facebook Marketplace or Facebook as well. We have an Instagram and a Twitter if they want to follow us because we always post really cool things on our stories and coupons and things of that nature. Well, thanks a ton for joining us and uh, having a conversation with us. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Uh, wow. That's uh so we've talking. So, so we've talking to you, talking to you, doing the talking with our mouth holes. Yeah, I should be in West Virginia right now. Uh, so <laughs> can that be the title? So that, talking with that our means mouth now holes? we we've talked to uh, someone that came here from Uganda. Uh, where where God, I can't remember where where Dash is from. Um, fuck, I want to say it's like Nigeria, but it's, it's not Nigeria. Uh, it's somewhere over by there. Uh, somewhere in that. It's in West Africa, but and it's, his, he came here because his country's war torn. Yeah, yeah he's he's a refugee. He, Wakanda. He, it was not it was Wakanda, not Wakanda <laughs> Jeremy. <Jesus. laughs> Julie's looking like, what's that? You That's know, Wakanda. Black Panther. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> now I have to go look it up. I have to go to our website and look it up because it's going to bug. I've been tr- actually been thinking about it since we were talking to him about Uganda. Because, I mean, it. Look, I, Uganda's history, like of all, like where they're at in Africa, is like because Sudan, which is right above them. Has been in, I don't know how many fucking wars and All civil wars. Isn't Uganda the country that kind of looks like Ohio? It's kind of shaped like Ohio. Yeah, kinda. And it's <laughs> like, Ohio looks like. So it's like, like half of, <laughs> like half of Lake Victoria, that giant ass yeah. lake it's in Central like Africa. That. And, and Congo borders it over on the west. Congo's like, been a disaster. Yeah, Rwanda is south of it. Now Kenya, which has been fairly stable, Kenya's on the east side of it and it kind of blocks Somalia from being directly contacted to it. But all those fucking countries over there have been in like, massive wars forever as long as i've been alive you know like from the 60s on like it's been a constant conflict over there and somehow uganda has been able to escape like all of it uh the, they must be how. the switzerland of africa no it's because they're shaped like ohio kind of the neutral again who knows what ohio i just like. told you it's it shaped looks like a blob like that <laughs> it's not quite like a blob. if you show me just ohio cut out i would have no idea what state it, it's at. ohio it looks like almost every other state no it doesn't doesn't there look like colorado or wyoming that, yeah that's because those are the squares These guys are fucking loud <laughs> like getting louder i can't time. help it that i know what uganda and ohio are shaped like the, and the, you don't Heated Ohio debate. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's Dash's episode. Dash, by the way, the first episode was 47. Wow, Holy so he crap. was in year number one, and I've got pictures here from us podcasting in my office. Can you believe we used to do it in that fucking Crammed small ass space? Like porta potty size. That's like, well, that's almost like the whole first year, wasn't it? Or oh, it was like the first two year years, that. man. Yeah. Although I don't see, damn it, I don't see. How does it not say where he's from? Like, we spent a whole thing on him being a refugee, and it doesn't say it. And this is going to piss me off, because I can't remember where the fuck he's from. And and Jess wrote this blog article and didn't say, okay, there's another episode. He was on the second time. He was on twice. So let me look at the other one. the second time, we didn't talk quite as much about. Uh, No, we did talk about him here. Does, like, his Facebook profile show (laughs) where he's from? Uh, Episode 107, I think we had Dash on again. Uh, Talk about his nutrition stuff. 
Motherfucker. Now I'm really, I'm, I have to go just back and listen it, to it. Just find it put it in the bio. Just be like, if you want to learn more about this guy, click on this link. I got to listen to it. Anyway, the show was not about Dash. It was about, I'm just saying like, it's really cool that we've gotten to talk to yes. uh, these two people. Different people that have come from very two, different places in Africa. Um, well, and like we had, came from places. What was the name of the, the book lady from the UK that did her book premiere on our show? Oh, yeah. That not J.K. Hall- Halloween Town there. Yeah, not J.K. Rowling. Expo. But, but, so that was, that was cool. We got to interview her, obviously, Peter from Ireland. And this is a show about Utah, but we've interviewed these people from all over. Like, um, oh, what the fuck's the guy's name from um, the bakery, uh, the guy from Cuba? Oh, uh, Filling in Emotions. Yeah, I can't remember his fucking name now, but... We've talked to him. That's a really cool story, how he got here. Frank from, and his from family Cuba. from Mexico, his polygamous, <laughs> the, the polygamous family from Mexico. Family from Mexico. Like, it's amazing the, the melting pot that Utah really is. And we do take in a lot of refugees. Like, for instance, you know, there's, there's a lot of the, the refugees from Afghanistan that are being pushed over here that are coming here. The Viet, when lady we across Viet, the street from you right. is from Honduras. What? Karen. Oh yeah, from across the street. She yeah, wanted, did she come Honduras. up with uh, MS five or MS six or whatever it was? And that big. Mo- I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There's well, so several times we've had big masses of Hondurans that have done. Her husband big was a missionary. Migrations up through Mexico to get into the U.S. because it's fucked up down there. Yeah, Central America is not a nice place. No, it is really cool how many people from so many different places we've been End able up to here talk and, to. How many of them are like good, successful business owners? And it, a ton of them. It, it, it baffles me how they always end up in Utah. I mean, it's cool, but at the same time, it's like you have the whole world. To well, and it's not, from. and it's not because they're Mormon. No, no, no. I know most of like, most of them aren't. Jermaine's. We didn't ask him, but I assume he's not LDS. Like his yeah, family didn't church. come here. They came to. They went to Colorado. Uh, and, and you know, Dash. You know, he didn't come here because he's LDS. Like he just ended up like. It's it's really interesting that all these different people like it's not the re- you would think it would be the religion that would bring them here but and it's just not it hasn't been I, I almost three hundred episodes and very few were brought here for that reason most were other crazy reasons and it's just so cool to see most they, come here because of the University of Utah that's a lot of them the there there are a Utah. lot that come here for the school that's mm-hmm. true that's true a well, lot the, the, come from Japan for Weber a lot of transplants from California we 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 had that. We had the the lady who also wrote the book, the really intelligent lady who wrote the book, and she gave you a copy of it. Oh, the professor chick. What the hell's her she name? She was from Japan or yeah, something like something that. Something like I don't that. Remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Just, I mean, it's so crazy. We've been doing this for so long that you forget. Like that, it's just great. I love talking to all the various people here. Utah just has this like really amazing. I mean, that's why we do the show. Right, like we have in this state just such a fun, amazing conglomerate of people, and it's not, it is not what you think. When people think of Utah, they're like, oh, it's where the Mormons are. And yes, that's true, because like fucking 60% of the state now is Mormon, but there's just so much more to the people here. And the diversity, and... Well, like Jermaine was saying, like he sells other people shit in the shop, right? Other local businesses in his shop, and like it's that... That work you do with the the neighbors around you and and inviting them in to do stuff on consignment in your shop or sell your stuff in their shop. You know, we were talking to Olio 
We went and saw them uh, this weekend, Jen and Derek. Uh, by the way, they sent us a Christmas card. I don't know if you guys. I have had it up seen on it. my computer, and then I opened it up, and it's on the table. So oh, I nice. So we'll, we'll sh- yeah, and we'll show you guys after. We'll um, add it to the. But uh, we were up there, but we, before that, we went to the winter market, which was. It's in the gateway and it's in an open space on the far north side of the gateway and like the by the plaza, water fountain. By the water fountain. Uh-huh. But there's a, there's like an unfinished space that's open in there and that's where the market has been because, you know, Rio Grande's out of the picture right now. Right. Uh, and, um, it felt like a bigger indoor space than Rio Grande was, like even their patio area, but a lot of similar vendors. But the, uh, kombucha guys that are always there. Oh, yeah. They were selling oleo soap. And it's that kind of like interaction with various vendors that I think is a that is a really cool thing. Not all, but the vast majority of vendors that we talk to all support each other. Yeah, I mean it's like the neighborhood hive. Like, how often do you find a place where, I mean, literally, it's three local businesses coming together, creating a and space then have four other little businesses. In yeah, there and too. creating a space for other people right. to get off the ground and run a business right. like that's just an amazing deal it's it's really fantastic um and that's all that's all why we do the show uh, julia you got like cards for me to read read the circle first or the other side the first circle first Let's circle take orange. first so i've never never taken the orange ones you're going through some tough shit <laughs> i don't know if i am I, I, today was like the toughest of the shit. And well, actually, the next two days are going to be, we have like our big planning meetings for next year in the next couple well, of days. the last couple of weeks has been super stressful with school. And my fucking back that I threw out. You, did I think I, it's because you purposely picked a color. You remember a last week when he thought he was sitting crooked? Uh-huh. And we thought maybe when the I was chair like, was why is it slanted? He was crooked. Yeah, my back, my muscle on my right. We didn't even talk about that. The right side of my back. So on Sunday last week, I like threw out my back. I don't even know what I did. It was a muscle spasm. We talked about like that a, on the show. That you. Yeah, my something. back was really sore. It got worse throughout the week until <laughs> finally Thursday morning. I went to the Instacare at the behest of Bree. Uh, and, and the doctor's like, oh, we're giving you a Toradol shot. He tested me to make sure it wasn't my kidneys or anything else. Uh, but that I, I had noticed by Thursday morning, I had noticed I was actually like walking he was very with a slanted. Slant. Like I, like the natural position my body wanted to be in was my right shoulder was and down. And he like six thought inches. he was straight. And I thought I was straight and like to straighten out hurt a lot. So they gave you the shot and that's so all. So they gave me a shot of Toradol and I, and muscle relaxers and prescription strength, uh, anti-inflammatories. It's still sore. It's still sore. It's been a week and a half. It's still sore. Cause on Saturday at the sweater party, you looked a lot better. Oh, I felt, I don't think I could have done it. You weren't walking like a drunk Russian, like at that angle. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> felt better. Oh shit. I ended up leaving the, I think I left the... No, I brought the beer home. I was like, I think I left the beer in the You worry the about window. that after the podcast. <laughs> okay, so the card says... So you're going through some tough shit. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Everyone is, has their turn. Welcome to yours. Gather your f- tired ass up and handle it. <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate for me. Some weeks they're dead on. I think that's, it's very appropriate You gotta find you. a car. You got all sorts of crap going on. I guess. None of that seems tough to me, I guess. That's the thing. I think Take it's because that, right now you're... You're... Um, you're done with, with some of the stuff that you've been working at. And like today was a, a really good end point for you for some things that have really been weighing heavily on you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. I don't know. So uh, anyway, I think that's it for the show. Um, thanks. That'll to, do, Pig. That'll do. Thanks again to, to Jermaine uh, Magandaz. I totally got Hagen-Dazi. it right. I wrote it down. Magandazi. Oh, yeah. There's it's going to be Hagandaz. No, it's not. I never... 
Dude, you're such a dick. Why would you say that? Oh, he was a good guest. It. <laughs> um, follow us on social media is at TNU Podcast everywhere. Uh, com is our website. Uh, that's where you'll see me eventually post a blog post about this guy. We're caught up, by the way. I was going to say, we're caught up. Like, Yeah, I, I made sure we were caught up. I'm trying to be better at that. It just it takes time to do these things, and you guys don't want to learn how to use the website. So, You realize I would crash I, it. I'm not giving you permission you to touch it. If, if I'm being honest, you don't get permission, buddy. You already you already landed us in long term Twitter jail once. I'm okay to write the article because you just told them you were three years old. Leave it up to four, <laughs> but I'll leave it up to you to post. <laughs> you try and change it when we turn six. <laughs> Ooh, we're old enough now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! If we're doing this at thirteen and we're old enough, maybe then you can change it to thirteen because <laughs> they won't they won't get rid of us if it says thirteen. I guess. Um, but anyway, hope you guys have a. Uh, uh, a good holiday. If you still have some shopping to do, please go shop locally um, before you go to the, you know, hell of Walmart or Target or whatever fucking store you're going to. I Every year this time of year, like we're done shopping. We've been done shopping for a while. Uh, we have to do some sub for Santa stuff that came up this week. But otherwise, we're completely done shopping. But anytime I have to go anywhere right now, I'm like, motherfucker, everyone... Everyone that never drives all year and hasn't driven for two years because of the fucking pandemic suddenly has to go shopping because it's Christmas. And, and they can't figure oh, out how their car works anymore. They're all morons. They don't park well. And with like, the snow coming in. So that day we had the big snowstorm, I, I saw that the Unified Police had posted that they had responded to over 800 Accident yeah. calls. I got I got to work. It wasn't even you say big <laughs> snowstorm, but it wasn't a it big wasn't, snowstorm. It was like three inches. Right. It was just during rush hour that obviously happened. it was big enough that it wiped yeah. out eight hundred people. It's because it came later than they thought. They thought it was going to be overnight. It came right during rush hour. I was already at work. I actually was going to get coffee during the heat of it, and there was no one really on the road where I was going, so I went and had coffee and worked out some shit and went back to work, and it was fine. And of course, he timed his back so that his back was hurt the whole time. So I shoveled. <laughs> it is true, Bree shoveled, and I normally would feel horrible, but I had no interest. His back was so bad. It was so funny though because he was coming out asking me about different things while we were getting ready for the ugly sweaty par- sweater party, and I'm like, I wonder how many of our, fr- all of our neighbors were looking out going. Why, like he looks fine. Why is he walking He's just out? Just standing like, there watching her and like offering her little bits of food and then going back into the house. <laughs> like what is going on? That's how we roll. <laughs> it would have been better if you'd have been like over exaggeratingly pointing. Like you missed a spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking that spot over there still has some snow. I need you to go. Uh, yeah. So enjoy the storms. They're coming. Uh, they'll be here. Woo-hoo. And uh, have a good. Uh, we, you'll you'll hear us next week. So fuck off. Peace. 